Hey guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime. I'm MC Anime, and today I'm with a special, another special guest with us today is X Silence. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, for you guys who don't know who I am, I am a Yu-Gi-Oh streamer. I stream a whole lot of Yu-Gi-Oh. I stream other games as well, but the primary game is Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, I'm a competitive player. I have quite a bit of tops. Um, and yeah, that's me. And then where can they find you typically? Uh, usually on Twitch. If you want to come check me out, definitely come check me out at Xylance uh, Games. Um, that's usually my Twitch channel. And yeah, you can uh, check out my stuff there. Alright. And if they want to do like a community type thing, where will they do that, find that for you? Uh, you can check out my Discord. Um, there might be a link in the description below or whatever. Um, but that's usually where I uh, have most of my community chats and stuff. Gotcha. So, balancing your life as a streamer and dedicating yourself to the competitive Yu-Gi-Oh scene, how does that typically play out? Um, well, as a streamer, I get to do a lot of that, um, mostly on stream, which is super cool. Um, I do work and I do do other stuff as well, so I do have to balance my social life and stuff, which is fine, but um, for the most part, I do most of my competitive stuff. Usually when I'm playing like Rank Ladder, I'll um, go ahead and I'll stream that. And then with Masterville that just came out, I do a lot of ladder with that as well. Um, sometimes we'll do it with friends. Uh, I don't usually stream my tournaments. Um, I know a lot of streamers do do that, but I tend to keep that off just because I don't really want well, yeah. people to know what deck I'm playing and stuff like that. Right? Like exclusive content. You want them to have fun. If you put <laughs> the profile or the the replay, it kind of just defeats the purpose of the exclusiveness associated with it, because it's for whatever Discord server or online tournament you're hosting at the time. Exactly. Yeah, Ma I don't know. Master Duel... I had mixed emotions about Master Duel. I, I do as well. I don't like... Uh, the band list is weird. It's this... Compact of the OCG and TCG. Maxi's legal. Skill drains fine, but all these other floodgates and I don't know. It has weird ratios, and then everyone is just playing the same cards. It's literally almost like OCG, but like the card pool is so. Diversion in different lines of what TCG and I think some of I think some of the banners of world tournaments. I'm not sure. Um, yes, I think it's a previous OCG list. I think it's like an updated OCG list from one of the worlds list that was a while ago. I remember somebody explained it to me. Um, yeah, it's definitely an interesting format. I think it's fun. In the way that it's new and refreshing, it's not something that we always get to do. But as far as competitive goes, there's a lot of broken stuff that isn't addressed yet. Like there's uh, Rongo Miniad, which is still legal, which is an insane card. Rongo, exactly. Yeah, that card came out was like the only card to affect it was uh, some uh, quick play spell card that made you detach uh, materials from it. But it didn't affect the monster, it affected the player. It was so weird. Yep. That was um, the only out they had back then. The Kaijus wasn't invented, so, like, getting rid of the dang thing. Was the, well, you can't even you can't even out it with a Kaiju, because it uh, locks you from special summoning or uh, normal summoning monsters. So you had the Kaiju option, it's just like, well, it's a floodgate plus destroying cars in the field. You can't do nothing. I believe you can't be destroyed by battle either. Uh, no, I, I, right. it can't be destroyed by battle. It just it has some effect to destroy everything on the field. I think it can't be destroyed by battle. It has like five effects, but either way, I mean, it has like three K attack, and you can't summon anything. So good luck destroying it by battle, right? Mm -mm. I don't know. Bongo Bongo is a format that I don't know. <laughs> on the field. Especially Warrior. That was the best toolbox you can use to, to spam Mongo. 
Yeah, right now people use the Phantom engine for it, at least on Master Duel, and it's really consistent. Um, besides that, there's like stuff like True Kings of All Calamities, there's Vanity's Emptiness, which is like one of those slow gates you were talking about, and I don't know, it's just a lot of crazy stuff. It's definitely a pretty broken format, but because it's not as competitive, just because it's a newer and the ban list is kind of weird, it's it's okay for what it is. Yeah, I don't know. One sh- only having one sh- one one on one battling is also gimmicky too. That's typically how they do it in like I believe it's world format. Yes, it's a uh, world format, and it's also singles as well. So it's like you don't it's side deck at all, which is um, a little unfortunate. I know a lot of tournaments do end up doing side decking, um, but for the most part, well, yeah, most tournaments do like some weird option where they host like three games, <coughs> get in the dual room because it's already pre-generated. But they change decks before they go in the next door, so it's not really side decking. I don't know. I think the incentivizing of gems and opening packs, these packs have nothing to do with the current packs that we have in the TCG or OCG. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. I think it's cool that they have something for you to work towards so you can just unlock cards and stuff like that. I do think that it needs a little bit of restructuring, um, especially like the legacy packs. The legacy packs are just terrible cards, and (laughs) I think that uh, they definitely need to make that a little bit more... Oh, they should just let you disenchant those, to be honest, but I understand why they don't do that because they're trying to make money and trying to make you buy gems and packs and stuff like that, but... Yeah. At least make some playable cards in there. Competitively, if you grind enough, you'll be able to play pretty much free. And people have figured out the recipe for the best strategy when you're first dueling. And, you know, secret packs are the ones to open because those will unlock all the decks you want to play. Exactly, right. That's what you want to do. You want to make sure you... Find what cards you're looking for, and then uh, find what secret packs they're in, and then go ahead and uh, go from there to just unlocking those specific secret packs. Yeah. I, 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 at first, I thought the microtransactions were, like, super bad, but they're actually really decent compared to where I thought it would, they would be. Because they just, you buy more gems. You know, that's all it is. It's you know, custom avatar, custom Sleeves or whatever. Yeah, um, I think there there could be more customization for sure. Um, I think that uh, there should be like more titles. Um, mm-hmm. I know that they're going to be making more maps and stuff like that, which is going to be super cool. But I think that they definitely could do a little bit more with that. Yeah, you know, I just. I mean, when it first came out, streamers were like all in all the time, grinding and not getting any sleep. Yeah. You I mean, people? yeah, I wasn't really one of those people. I was and wasn't. I was one of the first people to hit plot one. I can't really verify whether I was the first or not, but I definitely was one of the first for sure. I hit it within like three hours. Plot one's the max rank, if you guys didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I don't know, like, I did it pretty easily just because I'm a, I'm one of the top, like, dueling book players as well. Like, I'm usually top 10 on dueling book whenever I play ladder and stuff like that. But I still think that, um, I don't know, the game was super cool when it came out. It was very flashy. It was nice. We were stoked to have our first simulator. There was going to be, like, world sport and stuff like that. But I think now that the hype died down a little bit, um, and the flaws are really starting to show. But people are still using it, and probably will still be using it for a long time. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that, um, for what it is, it's pretty good. I think Konami did pretty good trying to acknowledge it as a separate event, mm-hmm. other than trying to, like, make it, like, TCG only or OCG in that case. So, it would probably bring more hype, and also a little bit of the uh, crowd from Dueling Links. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Yeah, Dueling Links got, got really, really popular on Master Duel, like, he had a really insane viewership I was watching some of the stuff mm. and that's pretty cool so which deck were you using when you first got platinum um 
Um, well, I heard that we had triple Benton, uh, legal yeah, cyber legal Benton. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely played Drytron, but I also heard that grass looks greener was legal, and I wanted to try a 60 card Drytron, so I crafted that first because that seemed like a really cool idea. What the? Yeah. Because grass is a really crazy card, yeah, and it's no legal yeah. too. For anyone that doesn't know what grass looks greener, it basically synergizes deck building to do 60 cards, and a lot of times they will just cram whatever random archetype, whether it was Tri-Brigade, Snow, uh, Lost Vision, uh, they even put like, I don't know, it was like some weird posh of decks. They always be guaranteed some combo of something related to it if they do it. And also, it enables grave effects, too. Mm -hmm. It basically milled your deck to the insane amount as your opponent's deck, which, uh, if you had 60 cards, most people played 40-card decks or somewhere around 40 cards, and you would just mill, like, 20 cards from your deck, and that would just be pretty crazy, since all of your cards had, like, graveyard effects. And you would specifically make your deck to meet the demand. And you're you're guaranteed to hit something. Now what you hit oh, yeah. was all random, but you did thin up the deck a lot. So six Dytron, what do you put like a bunch of I mean of course you put a bunch of Dytron names, but was there any grave effects that well, other than the spell to get back? Uh, we had, I put in Snow, just because I felt like Fairy Tail Snow was an insane card. Um, yeah, besides that, it was just like basic ritual stuff. I have a ritual combo that I like to play. Um, I don't know if it's the most competitive. I wouldn't say that it is, but I think it's very fun, and I consider Master Duel pretty casual, so I was like, let's just do it like this way, and the combo that I used, um, basically used Dishki Gus Kraken to, like, hand loop all of your opponent's cards in your hand. I did a hand loop. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's pretty funny. And anyone that doesn't know, that's an old hand loop that just recently was is enabled now because it gets got off the band list at belief is going to unlimited. But during a particular time it was a gimmicky deck that said, Oh, this is not a once per turn effect to get what if a card in the hand basically you started with no cards in hand. And yep. um, one card is very few times enough doing that format specifically to make a comeback. One card now? Yes, there's an argument that said that one card combination can still work. But back then, that was actually more powerful. Yeah, and it's pretty hard to come back even now just because you end on a Herald of Ultimates as well, so you have a negate for whatever they draw, but still. Oh, well, that sounds pretty fun. You know, oh, yeah. that's what Master is enabled. <laughs> uh, nice one with a flipping hand loop, and... Oh, gosh. I can Yeah, fun for me, not so much for my opponents. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> yeah, because you can get recycle at least... Let's see. You can recycle the ritual spell Draganus, which is the uh, Nitron that can... So you can at least get it, use it twice, you search it, and then you can also recycle it through... What's it, Cyber Angel? Not Natasha, but the other one. The Aiditan? The Aiditan, yeah. There's like a combo you can do that too, and other stuff. And also, yeah, so. uh, if you draw Preparation of Rights, you can also recover it that way if you used it. There's a combo that I use as well. Um, the main enabler that starts off the combo is a, um, what is it? Diviner of the Heralds, right? And that mm -hmm. sends a um, Herald of the Arclight, which basically searches like any ritual spell or monster from your deck to your hand. And you, what I do is I make Insector X a beetle to attach it from the graveyard, the Arclight from the graveyard that I've already sent to the graveyard. Oh, and I link it off. Twice. Yeah, yeah, so you can trigger it twice, which is pretty cool. Interesting. Okay. Oh, yeah, because isn't Arc Beetle like a level one? 
XYZ monster? That's a level six, which is really easy. Oh, okay, so level six. Yeah. Just like they were yeah. in Beatrice and all that stuff. Yep. Okay. That's an interesting. So you were like, you replaced Beatrice in that combo specifically for the, all the searching you needed. So you want another way to trigger it. Right, exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. So, uh, which, which decks are you doing now or have done in the past with your streaming? Um, there's been a bunch. Uh, I think the one that I'm mainly known for is uh, Subterra's. Uh, Subterra Guru Control was the big one. Mm. Um, when that came to the TCG, um, a lot of people underrated the deck. Like they thought it was cool, like maybe the first week, but then after they were playtesting that because it was like in Solomon Great and Orcus format, um, it turned out to not be that great for other people. Um, but I was able to get top. 20, I think it was, yeah. on Dueling Book with it, which yeah. is pretty impressive. I believe, with, were you using, like, the Guru, it was Guru Control, and I b recently, Red Eyes Fusion and Dragoon were added, but most of them are in the floodgates. Like, there can only be one summon limit, maybe some items and all that stuff. And a quick, and uh, Guru is in the gate itself, if you search Phoenix. And right, exactly. Really, the main combo anyway. It's so yeah, back then we didn't have like Red Eyes Fusion or anything like that, so we had to like. Um, we I actually ended up using a couple of different interesting stuff. So for the most part, it was floodgates, right? Like you, their canola deal one was super big. Um, but I ended up using like there was a Thunder Dragon combo because one of the sub terror monsters was a Thunder Dragon, not a Thunder Dragon, but a Thunder Monster. Yeah. That you could activate from the hand to make Colossus, and that was a pretty cool combo for the matchups that are kind of bad for you. Okay. Um, yeah, because you have Papa Claus in the field, if you just call it Thunder. I mean, it, it really has good synergy in that way. Right, yeah, it was it was the other one, though. It was uh, Colossus before it got banned. Um, oh, the one that, like, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Anyone that doesn't know what Colossus, it's literally... Cause cannot be added from the main deck except by drone. That's a simple effect, but it locks you out of it, and there's a hand trap. Uh, draw and lock that does the same thing, but it requires a trigger activation of adding a card from the main deck to the to the hand. Exactly. So yeah, most combo decks like to search all the combo pieces. And most of the time, they have to, they don't draw those pieces, they search those pieces. So, add to the hand is pretty common. Yep, exactly. And also, like, I think sometimes milling to the grave and then add to hand also counts as well, or something. Right, yeah, if you, you can mill from your uh, hand to the graveyard and stuff like that, then you can definitely do that to uh, play around it, if you can play around it. Oh, set, you know, set directly from the deck, and activate directly from deck. Right, stuff like that. Oh, boy. The, uh, activating directly from the deck, when... I think also no, a very strong engine for Guru that actually had it before it got banned was also uh, Numeron and Zexel as well. Yeah, I played a little bit of that. I have a top with a 60-card, like, guru list, and it was very interesting. I used to call it Planetary Guru. Um, basically, it was just, like, the cluster of, yeah, guru in it. You had, um, it was like a pile deck, right? So you had, like, guru in it, you had Numeron, you had Red Eyes. Um, you had, I think there was one point where I was playing Dogmatica in it, but I think I took that out and replaced it with the Generator engine. Yeah. And then you just ran like a bunch of hand traps and uh, go second cards and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then if anyone doesn't know, you're, you can summon under Guru because it's a normal, the flip summon. And you uh, restrict, after you activate Numeron Network, the send them whatever calling to the grave to copy the effect or activate from hand, you're locked up in special summoning. Guru doesn't care. 
they just sets use the normal summon for the set and flip if they have hidden city and get in the gate to protect Zek uh Zero F Zero Zexel, which basically is another floodgate that is just allow well, you not to play the game. You can't activate any effects for this turn. Yeah, it's a pretty strong floodgate. It's definitely deserved its ban for sure. <laughs> and the switch that you got to go also protected it, plus any backup you drew as well. So yeah, it was a really good co combination. I also did. Uh, I also did it with uh, Zexel with uh, Generator. It was also really good too because the relation of the field spells not the synergy was great. Yeah, definitely. In the uh, sixty card guru list that I played, that I got the top with, uh, we added a Generator engine into it because, like you said, it's definitely really good. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't know. People always. Good monkey deck, but like yeah. the deck is specifically control. Um, and most lists it's played, there is some combo guru decks, but like typically those have to rely on a bunch of uh, flipping effects to get the combos going. Right, there hasn't been a combo subterra deck since uh, like level leader was a thing. I think yeah. that's been meta relevant. It used to be way back then when uh, back when firewall was crazy and yeah, all that stuff. You spam firewall and get a unlimited bounces if they have basically bouncing cards if it, a card points to that zone. <sighs> I don't know. They keep designing cards that get overly busted. It was the first Yu-Gi-Oh! Ace Monsters to get banned, which is kind of funny. Uh-huh. I don't know, what's your feelings on ban lists throughout the years? Um, I think, well, some of them have been really good and some of them have been really bad. Uh, we definitely had our fair share of good and bad ban lists. Um, I think the most recent one, I didn't personally like this most recent one because I feel like they forgot Scythe. Um, Artifact Scythe was something that was really, really good, and it's now probably the strongest deck in the current format with Brave Tokens coming out and being with uh, PK Knight and Fan Knights and stuff like that. Yeah. That's like a really, really strong deck, and I am a little upset that they didn't have the foresight to uh, mm. ban Scythe. Um, but it is what it is. Well, it's now, just a one-ton... Floodgate, but it's so easily triggered by the uh, Destiny Enforcer. Yeah, exactly. And because it's so easily triggerable, and then you always end with like multiple five blades, and yeah. usually some other negations like an Apple Loser or something um, and next to it. Fog Blade, if you negate DP, can still trigger with Rusty. Yep. I mean, okay. I think Scythe is probably more better. When even if Banner was a thing, not much. It was very gimmicky. It wasn't much a, a big payoff as now you have Link, Verde Anaconda, and Dagmar playing basically four monsters. You only really need four monsters on the field to do it. To do it. Yep, exactly. Which is and easy. I don't know. Scythe don't ever play in hat format, so now it's coming back because it's just one of those floodgates that keeps recurring itself. It's social one Dytron. It's gimmicky. Well, actually, it's not too gimmicky because they're just one of the DPE engines since they used to run Dragoon. Exactly. It's the same thing as before. I don't know. Scythe is too searchable now. You know, when hat format hat, you have limited access like Sanctum. You play a bunch of bricks, trap trick, maybe to get another fourth copy or fifth copy, and maybe Ignition to target a card to set from deck. Yeah, if you read it, it was probably just Sanctum, but you could definitely That's do Ignition. Easy ways to do it, but like, 
it activates, it has to be activated during your opponent's turn to be special summoned. So, which yep. is not hard, because all you have to do is put it in the graveyard, like Forest Burial, Call the Haunted. You had an easy combo that way, because Hat Format loved doing that too. Exactly. Type is too easy to make, and you can still do your full combo in on that. And then you have, like, Hockey Fibrax combo with the, the floor, and you get an action to gate while triggering Scythe and having Wonder One Magician. It's just, I don't like the card. It's poor design choice, and it's just tearing up the format. Yep, I agree. I think that it's, uh, very, very, very powerful, and I think that the worst part about it is, is that they, the only way to not lose to Scythe is you have to play a deck that doesn't rely on the extra deck, and that's not very fun for anybody else either. How can you, can you draw the one of Club of the Grave or Droplets? Yeah, you could try to do that as well. Um, the Call by the Grave definitely could help, but for the Droplets, uh, there's actually ways to play around the Droplets. If you go ahead and use the fog blade on the on like a monster you can go ahead and use it activates again yeah you can go ahead and try and like chain the rusty well you use the rusty bardiche to trigger it first and then you use the dpe um has like a droplets fail safe so basically you would summon the break sword from the graveyard and then the Brick Sword with the Fog Blade, or not without the Fog Blade, but the uh, Trap Card, the other Trap Card that you pitch. Yeah. I don't remember its name, but I think it's Wings or something like that. I think it's Wings. Uh, it's yeah. one that basically is a trigger, is a, an effect that can activate during either turn. Exactly, right. And then you would do that, and then when you do that, um, you would be able to summon the Break Sword to pop the Scythe without actually having to use the DPE. And then if they chain droplets, you can chain a Fog Blade. And then, as long as they didn't set a trap for uh, droplets, right? Um, but if they didn't set a trap for droplets, you can chain the Fog Blade, and then you can chain the DPE to basically pop the... Um, Either the rusty, not the rusty, but the yeah, the rusty or the um, artifact scythe, yeah. depending on which one they're trying to target with the droplet scythe, and that way you can play around it because they can't target it anymore because it's in the graveyard. Oh yeah, just broken, 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 broken. Yeah, you use for those combos that just create either in this loop or this combo to negate all your effects. Lock you out of the game, or, you know, notorious FTKs before all the uh, FTK enables were mostly banned. There's still a couple around, but typically hand traps have now balanced that out, so at least we don't have to worry about it as much. I think the best one still recently is Rocket. Uh, yeah, that was the last competitive FTK. There's like a Dino FTK that's running around right now. Um, but it's not seen any, like, real competitive success, only on, like, Dueling Book Ladder has it seen any success. Yeah, I've seen it. It's actually pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I think it's I pretty cool as well. It has been. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing is, how did the streaming with Yu-Gi-Oh! have impact your schedule? Um, well, <laughs> I am, uh, very, uh, stream where I want um, type of streamer, which isn't good, by the way. I wouldn't recommend it. I think that if you're going to uh, be a streamer, definitely pick a schedule and uh, just do it then. But I stream mostly for fun. Um, the success that came along with it was just kind of a bonus for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I would just stream whenever I felt like I wanted to, um, which is usually like after work, um, when I was just not doing anything else. Or if I was playing the game, because if I was playing the game, I might as well stream, right? Yeah, because, you know, you, that's, what I say is, if you're doing something that's related to the stream content, do it, because you don't know what the reaction will be until people see it. Exactly. It's like, the, you know, the camera always rolling. You might miss something. Exactly. If you don't get it on film, 
how can you say it happened if you don't if you can't document it? Right. So, what's a funny moment that you had on stream that you were so lucky to get captured on stream? Oh, uh, what's a funny moment? That's a hard one. Um, I think it's not one that I can really think of right now. That's uh, like a funny moment. Um, <laughs> it can be I uh, too. Yeah, yeah, I got one. I got one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I uh, there was this one time when I was playing unrated, right? Mm. And um, a person that I knew that I've uh, played in events before, um, he ended up like running into me in the rate of ladder, right? And he goes <laughs> and he turns on my stream. <laughs> <laughs> to see what I'm playing. <laughs> and, and I was playing, like, some jank, like, Mystic Mind deck. And it, I I was upset about it at the time because, like, stream sniping is not something that I enjoy. It makes it harder for me to uh, play the game fairly. Mm. Right? But post after the fact, it was funny. Um, and he ends up stream sniping me, and he ends up winning because of it. And uh, I get mad. <laughs> so I, I get up, and I, like, toss my keyboard. And I had just gotten, like, a coffee, and I knocked over my coffee, and it spilled on my tower, and I, like, short-circuited my house. I had to, like, buy a whole new computer. It was terrible. <laughs> but it was funny. Whoa. Yeah, it was tough. Well, that's, a, that's another example of cause and effect. This hack can happen, yep. happen to this, to this, to this. If you didn't see my stream, I wouldn't have reacted if my coffee didn't spill and my... My entire house is short circuited. Oh my god. Yeah, I was tough. I had a mess around with like the breaker for a while and figure out what was going on with it. I mean I only just ended up having to unplug the computer because I was causing the short red, but it was uh it was something. <laughs> uh, usually the coffee doesn't cause a, sh a short in the entire house. Usually it just messed up with the computer. Oh. Right. Well, he hit the power supply and then the power supply hit the cords and the cords went to the uh uh, I, don't, I couldn't tell you what exactly. I'm not an electrician, so I don't know yeah, what happened with that. They hit, but. The, they hit the main the grid, and then they hit the the main grid too. Yep, tough, tough. If you have this room and it has all these cords connected, well, this room is now connected to this, and then bam, the main circuit breaker. Yep, exactly. Oh gosh, that's that is so uh so. Unrated, do you do that as much, or you still do that? Nah, uh, you're saying do I, like, rage it? <laughs> I try not to as much anymore, but, um, I do play rated dueling books sometimes. I haven't played it this format, though. This format's really, um, it's not a very good format, in my opinion. Uh, like I said, side block and skill drain, flunderies, that's basically the meta right now, and all of those decks are just really unfun to play against, so... Currently, I'm just focused on Master Duel, but I probably will play a little bit of uh, Rated at some point. Yeah, I don't know. Skill Train coming three was so peculiar. It's like, if you ban Imperial Order and you allow Skill Drain, so what, yeah. two Floodgates is better because you... Unlock one floodgate? What? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely an interesting choice for them to uh, make that for sure. I mean, I guess, I mean, skill train is playable. It's not, It just makes, you know, true break go. Get a little bit more boost. Eldritch making the main deck for it. Basically, what skill train enables is no effects on the field and just... Beat down strategy all the way. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Especially with like, the Elblick deck. The Elblick deck is very, very good at abusing. And a lot of times, skill drain uh, only affects the field. So anything that activates in the grave or hand can still trigger and get all those effects. Even tributing effects, uh, I believe. Mm -hmm. And that's why Prankids is a pretty good deck right now, is because they have triple skill drain, and they also can play the Brave Token Engine, which is also another really strong thing that every deck is pretty much running right now, which is crazy. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I think Adventure is like an equalizer kind of thing. 
It's a new concept. <laughs> it it basically still enables ten card engine or seven card engine, so you can still kind of brick, but it's not terrible with the synergy you can get with a lot of decks and the extra negate. Yep. Well, that's like the whole reason. Really good. Yeah, that's like the whole reason they're playing it right now, too, is just because it's a uh, negate that you can make before you start comboing off. So, the big one, the big abuser right now is the Phantom Knight engine, right? The one that we were talking about earlier. They essentially use the adventure token to make it so that they have a negate on board. Also, it has like a level 3 engine as well, yeah. which is. Yeah, it's pretty strong. Yeah, I think, you know, when it first hit the market, it was super expensive for the pre-order, but it's still up there in, the, in price. It's still expensive. <laughs> so, what was probably your favorite format? Uh, my favorite format? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think it's probably one of the first formats that I played, and I really, really liked the uh, grass format when it was, like, the first grass format. Um, but I think my favorite format was probably the first Zodiac format, like True Draco, Zodiac, and this was before True Draco was, like, running floodgates and stuff. It was just mainly Masterpiece Turbo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually a skillful True Draco, in my opinion, compared to <laughs> what it is now, but, yeah. um... Yeah, like Zodiac, True Draco, Zodiac, uh, Invoked, Wind Witch Artifact was cool, too. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of cool decks back then. Uh, yeah, and, you know, the decks... I still feel like that Zodiac format wasn't, like, it's broken. You do all these combos and you get all these free pluses, but, like... Zodiac is a one-card XYZ. You can spam... A bunch of summons. You can yeah. you can literally summon a card like Mechaclops Infinite Track that requires three X Y Z monsters, specifically using a, a Rat Peer or Thor Blade to send one mom Ram Ram to the graveyard to enable that combo. But that is one combo. But the main combo that it used was the Justo Emerald get into like. The brilliant fusion deck to get another combo, send trick clown, get another, you know, you just keep getting free plus and advantage. That's why it was so infamous because it was so easy to make. One normal summon got you the entire combo sometimes. And you have, you know, all the searching. Tinny. Fire formation and the barrage. You can't really ask. And Rapier being actually semi-broken card that just by itself enabled free summons from the deck <laughs> by detaching itself. I don't know. I love Zodiac. What do you think? I think Zodiac was a. Uh anyway before like link format it was super fun and skillful um yeah now it's kind of like uh especially with zeus being out yeah but they hitting dryden and barrage did limit the deck a little bit more because now they don't have that as easily to summon a format zeus yeah they're pretty much out of the meta because of that which is super i think it's healthy um i think dryden not having that uh special summon from the deck was very strong. I mean, it's still a playable deck, for sure. Um, you can definitely just go second second with uh, ZDX and just play Z's Turbo, but it's not what it used to be. Oh, yeah, because you still, if any negate to not attack or, you know, if you don't have all monsters on in defense, you can't attack directly or attack a monster in defense to get Zeus. So, it, and also, the deck is super weak now because that's they mostly only have a normal summon to follow up with. Mm -hmm. uh, normal summons are pretty easy to deal with, especially back row removal, uh, destroying cards in the field, and Solemns. Solemns are pretty good too. Yep, there's 
just a lot of removal options for it. Um, you know, it can still be pretty much uh, pretty strong into certain boards. Like a lot of negate boards won't actually have anything to like bounce. Mm. Um, most do, but some don't, depending on what uh, combo deck they're playing. Um, and those decks have a struggle versus like Zeus and stuff like that. But yeah. besides that, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. manageable. It was fun to play, you know. But, I don't know, Zeus is one of those cards. Like, there's only two monsters that I think... The first, the first prototype Zeus I think of is, uh... Evil Storm and Zapter Knight. <coughs> you have to manipulate the cards in your hand... And the cards in the field... To basically destroy all cards on the... All monsters on the field, I believe. No, all, mon all cards on the field. Yeah, X and I was definitely, um... A lot more skillful than Zeus. <laughs> you definitely had to uh, make the board state in your favor to make it. You, you wouldn't be able to just slap it on the field like you could with Zeus. And then people like when it first came out, they had to consider what they put in the field and in the, in the uh, card advance they had too. Because if they enable that, the entire field gets nuked for free if they wasn't careful. Yeah. So it basically affects the, you know, uh, game in a way that you had to walk up for it. Now, it's not as common, so people don't look out for it. But the two cards they look out now for is Nibiru, the primal being, and Imperm Impermanence. Those are the two cards that still highly play that still affect the game in different ways. What do you think about the game impacting effects of those two cards? Um, I think that Nibiru for sure definitely is super, super strong. Um, yeah. I think that right now, I mean, like, the reason why Phantom Man is doing so well right now is because they now have a playthrough through Nibiru, which just shows you how powerful of a card Nibiru actually is if that's something that, like, um, yeah. would work the format like that, right? Which is super strong. And yeah, I definitely agree. You know, Impulm is interesting because it's like, it's another thing that dodges like typical talents and it's not, it's not activation, so Cobalt Grave doesn't activate. Uh, but also, zone placement. If you put something caught in a column, and that can punish you depending on how it's used and if you play the same card in that column as Impulm. Yeah, exactly. I think that uh, you definitely have to make sure that you watch your columns in today's Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, not just for Imperm, but for stuff like Mech Knights that somebody might randomly be playing against you. Um, popular, like Crusadia builds and all that, because it gets free advantage by occupied zones with two or more cards in it. Yeah, I think uh, the pure Mech Knight build, the one that like locks you out with the trap cards and stuff like that, that one's kind of popular. Um, I know that there's some dedicated Magnite players that have been playing that in, like, Highlighter. Um, who was it? Uh, Shannon? Shannon's a good example of that. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's something that's, uh, somewhat popular. Yeah, I th with, uh, Magnites, that's kind of interesting, because it's like, one, if they get the full combo, they can basically almost not let you play the game, because it's, it negates the... I believe the activation? Right, now, so it just negates the effect, but it negates the effect of a card that's in the zone. So if, um, if it's activated in the zone, mm -hmm. it negates the effect right there. So if you were to, let's say, remove the card in the field, like a Panker Tops or something, if it was still activated in the zone, it still gets negated. So it's like a weird... It's like the opposite of Skill Drain, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, Skill Drain... Because uh, at the resolution, it checks us on the field, but Paper Cups uh, resolves in the grave, so I could still pop it. But the yeah. price of Origin with Mech Knights is that if it's any column, even if it was in the grave, it activated in that column. Right. I don't know. It's a, it's a hard... I've played against that deck with the full lockdown, and you just, you, the only way you can outgrind them 
is trying to break the board in a way that is meaningful, but that's still hard to do because they have battle protection. Yep, exactly. Um, and they're actually pretty consistent at getting their combo off. Um, the only problem is, is the deck does kind of have to go second. Yeah. You don't have to go second, but it's a lot more beneficial if you do. Yeah. So if you want to make sure that you're playing that deck to the fullest potential, you have to like build as a go second build. And going second right now is not very favored, um, yeah. just because of the way the game's in right now. I believe it's Midnight Orcus who uh, some a bunch of tokens... That's like the only thing they can go first with that can right. d set up plays. Right, the gear too. Uh, there is some other stuff that they can kind of do. Yeah. Normal summons like Sangin, some popular tech that people use. Um, but uh, yeah, the Orcus one's the favored um, normal summon for sure. But you know, I don't know. Orcus is a. The Valid's history is a very splashable deck. And the main yeah, card definitely. that made it so splashable was uh, Nightmare Mermaid. Yeah, Nightmare Mermaid was pretty crazy when it was around. Um, there was like a lot of different Orcus decks. The main one that like caught popularity um, was like the Luna Light one. That's the one that was like the uh, mixed archetype one. And then there was the Sky Striker Orcus one, which was also super popular as well. And both of those decks were insane, to be honest. Yeah, because they, you know, they only needed two card combo to get access to that engine, and uh -huh. after Orcus engine was, you could still manipulate, I think dark type to to your advantage, because you can do Star Striker first and then do Orcus, and you get the uh, Star Striker combo first and then you have Orcus. Yep, you just make sure that you do your Orca stuff end up combo, that way you don't lock yourself, and then yeah, uh, pretty much put it in any deck. Attribute, all that stuff. Yep, any two monsters was full Orca's combo, and that was pretty strong. I, yeah, I did, uh, I like doing like an interesting tech with Orcus when I did the combo. I would end on like, Rusty, and then get access to the Rank Up Magic spell, and have Babel on the field, and then they'll be able to get uh, Sending to Grave plus a pop, and then I go into VFD with the Rank Up Magic as such from Rusty. Yeah, I did that as well. I was something that I used to do because um, I play a little bit of like TCG slash OCG, right? Just to prep myself for new cards that are coming up. And back when Orcus was announced, um, I used to do that a lot for sure with the, the Rank Up spell. Um, and that was pretty fun. It's a shame that we never really saw the light of day of it, but when we did later, but then it was kind of like too late because we've already got the uh, band hardcore and stuff like that. Yeah, but. that hardcore band kind of made it inconsistent, <laughs> and then when it came back, it wasn't relevant and it got banned again. Yep. And hardcore is pretty strong because it enables, it's just a free special summon that enables the entire combo, the one card combo. Yep, exactly. That also brings back that weird format, like ABC was banned, then Toad was banned, and it was limited. Those cards are not, are not as busted now, but in the control setting they were in, they gave free advantage for free. Yep, yes they do. Um, there's been a lot of formats like that to where... There's actually a lot of cards on, like, on the ban list that could probably come off. Um, oh, yeah. The but, um... too high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, Konami likes to slowly release cards off the ban list. Yeah, they just want to play safe. They want to make sure that they don't put anything way too format-breaking. I mean, they say that, but then they put, like, scoping to three, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? At least... With skill drain, it makes you now have to main deck uh, back row removal. Cosmic yeah. Cyclone, Twin Twisters, Feather uh, Storm, Lightning Storm, stuff like that. Feathers Duster. Yeah, probably Cosmic Cyclone because it does get rid of the format um... plays. Uh -huh. Like a lot of people, yeah. you should at least main deck 
two or three backward moves that you can just, ch it's chainable or you can activate for free with no cost or little maintenance cost on it because you backward is still relevant. Yep, you want to probably main uh, Cosmic Cyclones, that way you can hit the Artifact Scythe as well in the PK matchup, it's pretty good. Also, it's good versus like Brave Tokens, if you're already going to break the board, or going first against Brave Tokens, it's pretty good. So there's stuff like that as well. Yeah, and uh, Cosmic Cyclone's good because even though it costs, it's, what, negative? Oh, 1,000 life points you pay, it's a one-for-one card advantage, but things like to trigger in the graveyard, so banishing is actually a lot better in that scenario. Oh yeah, definitely, especially cards like uh, like the Outlook cards, right? The Outlook cards are super prominent right now. Because then they have no follow-up, and they have to, if they draw it again, they have to waste another turn. So there's ways to play around it, and also, it's, with that, this continuous trap, they don't get the ac access to it either, the popping, because it doesn't resolve. Basically, yep, exactly. it was a better MST. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Space Typhoon was better because that was the only board breaker at that time. Right. <laughs> it was like the only one that was like quick play that you can chain for free for the longest time until we... Uh, was it Twin Twisters or Cosmos... And the Trench Racers came in, and it kind of changed up the game a lot. Yeah, definitely. Which, hey, targeting two, up to two on the field, and have a discard was annotations for graveyard effects. Uh -huh. But also, some combo decks needed that extra card, so, you know, it's an argument to say if it's good or bad, because it's a plus, it's a it's still card neutral, actually. You use two cards to get rid of two cards. Yep, exactly. It uh, definitely evens up. But, I mean, the discard, depending on what your deck is, uh, even if it goes neutral, it may not be uh, the most advantageous for you. You might offer something like a Lightning Storm or a uh, Harvey's Feather Duster or something like that. Oh, yeah. I think the main two back will move that you can put in your side deck that breaks the format pretty well. Uh -huh. It's evenly matched. Droplets, Dark Willow, no more, depending on the matchups and the meta. Uh, and uh -huh. Lightning Storm. Yeah, evenly's pretty strong. And then the evenly gets around any effect on the field, doesn't matter. It affects the player. Baits out in the gate. If it gets negated, you can activate it again, depending if you draw two. Yep, exactly. And it the amount of value that it brings is pretty strong. Like, they have to keep one card, but that's usually not that big of a deal. In this format, is, there's not many Omni Negates. There might be one Omni Negate, which is a Brave Token. Or, yeah, it's usually just the Brave Token, and you can usually bait that out. So, I mean, you get free access to it to remove this stuff from the field and then play during main phase two. I mean, it's still steep to have your battle phase, but, like... The, the huge advantage that shifts in the game, especially against heavy back row decks, not so much like uh, big combo decks, because it still affects them. Back row decks have a very hard time against evenly met. Oh yeah, definitely. And then you can just set up like it's your turn, you only have to deal with one interaction, whatever they say, right? Yeah. It's not enough to stop you, like, you know, everything at once. Was there a particular time that you feel was very impactful as a streamer that you felt it, like you had, you mattered for something at one moment? Um, not so much that I mattered. Um, like I said, streaming thing very casually. I do have a pretty good following. Yeah. Um, but as far as uh, I mean, it's it's a very for fun thing. Um, I guess, like, the coolest thing that I have um, is that I definitely impacted a fan once before, and uh, he was just having, like, a really, really bad day, and I uh, cheered him up, distracted him, and he told me that it was really 
something that he looked forward to watch, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and he was having like a depressing time or whatever, and yeah, it was a pretty cool thing to hear. And of the decks we discussed, um, which which one do you feel is like the best strategy or the best mega call? The best mega call right now. Um, so if you're playing in current TCG format, um, I would say probably Flunderies is probably the best deck right now um, for the best medical. I wouldn't say it's the best deck. I think the best deck is definitely Phantom Knight, Brave Token. But if you're trying to play like a extra or like a uh, like a sleeper pick, I would definitely go for like Flunderies right now. They're very very strong into combo boards, and they are pretty strong into a lot of like the back row decks right now as well. And they got new support, which is super good. And after the new support, I think they're definitely a lot stronger than they were last format, for sure. Um, for Master Duel, that's hard to say. I mean, you can just kind of play whatever you want. Master Duel, there's a lot of insane broken decks. I think the best one is probably Zodiac, um, just because it can go second and first pretty well. But, I mean, that's up for the debate, right? I know. I still liked having three miscellaneous swords. Bring back True uh, <laughs> King Dino. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> have a uh, Master Duel deck that plays VFD. It's like the old Synchro yep. um, Outlook combo, but you put it in Dinos, and then you can make it with, uh, you can put a Dagda on the field before you actually commit to your um, Needle Fiber plays, and it's pretty strong, because you make VFD. Yeah. I don't know. VF King, True King Calamities. Like, when it first came out, Oh, two level nine, that's hard to make. But we realize how easy level nine is to spam and make a deck dedicated to that. And yeah, locking out of monster cards is still very strong and not be able to attack. Yeah, it's the original Mystic Mind before uh, Mystic Mind was made, right? <laughs> the one thing I don't understand is they made a card like Shockmaster. Shockmaster got banned way before VFD did, but VFD became a lot, like, two or three years later. And they didn't realize that's still very powerful to shut down one mechanic? Yeah, card design, they're not very smart with their card design, I don't, sometimes. <laughs> it just is what it is. You have Zexel, VFD, and Shockmaster, all with similar effects. Yep, and Mystic Mind, to be honest, is basically the same thing, yeah, except for a spell card. Mind. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Mystic Mind is literally the reason why I like, main deck deck would move, just because of that one card. They bait it out with one negation, and if I don't have another negate or way to destroy it, I'm screwed. Because then you have to wait for that out, you know. Lightning Storm ain't going to really help you much, because you have to sacrifice your face downs. So that's not great. And maybe if you don't have the out, you're just waiting for the opponent to out it? Not yep, it definitely. Do that. It's definitely very strong, for sure. Like, the only way they are out is they know they have combo to break to win the game. Or uh, they, they play multiple copies to play around it. Or multiple field spells. The uh, Pure Mystic Mind deck isn't too good right now just because of the Eldic um, decks that are running around, and Eldic is a very good counter to Mystic Mind just because of the Ascend from hand to the graveyard just to get rid of Mystic Mind. You can do that, and then, of course, the Conquista Diverse as well oh, yeah. makes it really easy out. You go first, guess what? Field Barrier, Mystic Mind, full combo. And then they send from hand because you have no monsters. And you're locked out of, the, of any other activation of field of Mystic Mind because of how Fear Barrier works. Yep, I'd say that it's a sad story, but you're a Mystic Mind player, so who cares? Exactly. <laughs> 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 it's tough. Oh, I hate that bouncing to the hand. Or even Cosmic Cyclones the worst, too. There was a PPG that I played. It was uh, back when I was playing the Zexel Guru list, and um, I ended up playing versus uh, Jeff Lenard. 
And I beat him, but it was the funniest match ever because it was Zexel versus Mystic Mind. So I won because I won that roll, but I literally just made Zexel. He had to scoop. He Mystic Mind me. I had to scoop. <laughs> Zexel game three. He had to scoop, and that was the game. <laughs> it was really funny. Yes. So what innovation of Mystic Mind do you think was like a very the niche spicy tech for the deck? There's, there's, there's different yeah. variations of it. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the best one is obviously like if it's the pure Mystic Mind decks, so I think that uh, it's probably the burn deck. But there's a lot of cool different like Mystic Mind stuff that uh, people have played. Like that's the Exodia one. Honestly, there's like the cricket cook thing or whatever that's like the new mystic mind which is super funny yeah, that's um yeah that one's pretty pretty interesting for sure <laughs> okay i love cricket cook just with the simple fact that it enables exodia so easily oh yeah uh you can't do damage unless you attack directly piercing damage or i play into some back row that's able to negate my quick effect to destroy my cards on the field. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. That's the only way to defeat it, or kaiju. Uh, or they don't care about attacking, they just burn you. And that's also a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, there might actually be, like, some meta-relevance to Cricket Cook right now, because the reason that you didn't play it before is because you were worried that um, something like... The bird deck was really popular last format, right? Yeah. Before it got banned, and that deck could just kill you by attacking directly. But right now, there's not a whole lot of decks that can actually do anything like that. It's literally just prank kids that can burn you, and that's it. So it might actually have some relevance. You have, like... I really don't see prank kids burning as much. Like, they, yeah. they have... Three activations of the uh, fire, and then they redo it again. But like, realistically, how can prank kids burn you just for the game? Well, the way that they do it is that there's the continuous spell that shuffles back in cards from your graveyard to your deck, and oh, like a good prank kids player, somebody who's played the deck consistently will oh, yeah. just end up resorting to that. Say meow and uh, the fire extends to draw. Right, yeah, so you would just go ahead and shuffle back in the Meow and the uh, Fires to make sure that you basically just infinitely burn them. <laughs> just so slow. Oh my gosh. It's, I don't know, it's kind of interesting how people say, yeah, okay, you can sit on that monster, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I think it actually has some relevance right now. I think that there's not a whole lot of decks like out that you have to run kaijus for it, and there's not a whole lot of people running kaijus for it, to be honest. And you can just, like, run your own kaijus in your deck, uh, some board break stuff and hand traps to make sure that, you know, you can still kind of play the game, even when you have Cricket Cook on the field. Um, Look how bad yeah. the golem was, and people still played it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you locked out your normal summon, which a lot of decks like. Very few, you know... Oh gosh. I still remember three tributes for Sphere Mode Raw. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I played Lava Golem and Sphere Mode. Yeah. It's like, oh, you break the board. Can I recover from this? Oh no. Which sometimes you can't, depending on if you set up that, that board trying to win the game and you just can't. Oh, man. It's kind of interesting. Uh, board Breakers was really relevant. Hand Traps were very relevant. But going first, but going second is also an option, too. I like the Master Chain of you don't go first in main, uh, going first, so that's great. You don't, you don't get that extra card advantage when it's so advantageous anyway. Link format, like, 
kind of balanced it with like the extra monster zone. Nerfed pendulums, I'm sorry. Except for Lectromite, that just put them back on the metal. Uh, yeah, they became one of the best decks just for a little one card, which is crazy. Plush file, sorcerer, monkey board, Lectromite, uh, Sky Eyes Magician, all, uh, and then also Kirion, all these different pendulum busted cards just was on the ban list because of how Pendulum's kept making a comeback, even in Link Master Wolf 4. And also I think Link's are really easy to make, so they gave these decks that couldn't make XYZ or Synchro or Fusion a really easy toolbox for that Pacific Monsters. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that, um... Well, I mean, at first, like, Links were pretty much unplayable besides, like, Firewall, right? Um, and then, as soon as people started, like, getting the hang of it, um... Yeah, I wish, like, when they introduced it, they shouldn't have, like, such a so bad of Links. Right. <laughs> you should have, like, decent Links to use, and that wait, like, three to four sets after to get really busted Links. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, I play it now because I can't play this, uh, incentivized to play the links because my deck requires it because the extra monster zone. Like, markers. But I like Link yep. 5. You know? Links are still balanced and pendulums are still not as busted as Master Wolf 3. Yeah, <laughs> Summon. Three to four cards every single turn, and you get so much plus just by two scales. If you summon three, you get like plus one. If you summon five, you still get like plus three just by summoning. And then you get searching effects based on being pendulum summoned. Yeah, it's pretty absurd sometimes. But yeah, um, what is one thing you want people to take from this with streaming in Yu-Gi-Oh as a way to, like, I don't know, speak to the audience? Uh, sure, so what I would recommend is if you're going to start streaming, um, definitely take it more of a fun thing that you're just doing as a side thing. Um, it's a lot more fun that way. You want to enjoy what you do, and... Um, yeah, I hope that this gave you guys some insight into the competitive scene of Yu-Gi-Oh! And uh, with that, in conclusion, we established sorted formats why they became broken, different card designs and how they work, overall, there's so much more to Yu-Gi-Oh! than what we covered. We can talk for hours about it. Yeah, definitely. And have a we can only have like a five hour webinar. You still don't get off the internet. <laughs> That's a very complicated game, but it's fun. Ten thousand cards plus. There you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Those set locations, so every card's legal until it gets banned. <laughs> but yeah, that's the conclusion of this episode. Uh, thank you for attending, and hopefully this is impactful in any sense of either Yu-Gi-Oh! streaming or even a media personality like X-Silence. Yep, you guys have a great rest of your uh, evening. Enjoy. <laughs>